This is the Clean Soul Podcast, and I'm Dennis Curtis, your host. Today, I'm going to be talking about blood sacrifice. The blood of Jesus is often mentioned, so let's explore it. Blood is an amazing part of the body. It circulates to bring oxygen and remove carbon dioxide, which is a poison to our body. It also brings nutrients to and removes waste from every cell in our body. When I stop to think about it, blood is an absolutely amazing thing that's in our body. And, you know, our bodies are amazing, but this blood thing is very amazing. Let's talk about eating blood first. People originally only ate plants and tree fruits. In Genesis 129, God tells us, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. This will be yours for food, end quote. But after the flood, things changed. Genesis 9, 3 and 4. Everything that lives and moves about will be food for you. Just as I gave you the green plants, I now give you everything. But you must not eat meat that has its lifeblood in it. Here we see, because of the changes on the earth after the flood, that God has given us animals also to eat, but we are not to eat the blood. Leviticus 17 10 through 12, God again speaks about the eating of blood. I will set my face against any Israelite or any foreigner residing among you who eats blood, and I will cut them off from their people. Side note, that's probably the death penalty. For the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. Therefore, I say to the Israelites, none of you may eat blood, nor may any foreigner residing among you eat blood. So in these verses, we learn that blood has the life of the creature in it, and God has given us this uh, blood, this life, for atonement or to cover our sin. The innocent animal's life is given to cover our sin or cover the sin of a community. In Hebrews 9.22, it says, In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So in the law, this blood sacrifice was given, the innocent was killed to cover the sins of the guilty. And at the end of this verse, Hebrews 9.22, it says, Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. And we as Christians know this, because without the shedding of Christ's blood, there would be no forgiveness for sins. He is the ultimate and the final blood sacrifice. There is to be no other blood sacrifice after him. So this restriction from blood continues in the New Testament. In Acts chapter 15, 20, Gentile Christians are told not to eat blood. So this brings me finally to the point where I want to talk about the blood sacrifice of Jesus. Jesus' blood was given, was shed on the cross. And that means that his life, 
was given to cover our sins. But there is more to it. Not only did we are our sins covered, but we are also redeemed or bought back from the disobedience that humans lived in. We're freed from the power of darkness. Hebrews 9, 11, and 12. But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, we went. he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is made without human hands. That is to say, not a part of this creation. He did not enter by means of blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. Remember, if we are redeemed, that means we are bought back. We were sold into slavery by slavery to sin by our own sin. But now we have been bought back so that we can know God and have eternal life. Now, I want to list a few awesome benefits that the blood of Christ provides for us. There are a ton more that I'll talk about, but I want to talk about those that are specifically connected in Scripture with the blood sacrifice. We just read that when we have been bought back with the price of Christ's blood, this is redemption. That means the punishment for our sins has been paid for. The life, the blood of the innocent was taken for the guilty, us. In Matthew 26, 28, Jesus is speaking. He says, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So our sins are forgiven. But more than being forgiven, they are forgotten also. Hebrews 8, 12, For I will be merciful towards their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. That is an awesome, it's almost uncomprehendable to think that God is going to forget our sins, remember them no more. Hebrews 10, 17 says kind of the same thing. Then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. 1 John 1, 7 says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, and that's a moral sense, being obedient to Christ— As we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. And to continue in that vein of purification, Revelation 1.5 says, To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. We are forgiven. Our sins are forgotten. And as we walk in the light, we are purified or freed from all sin. What a good deal. Let's talk about some other ones. Romans 5, 9. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? Justified by his blood. Justification simply means just as if we had never sinned. And also, it says here that we're saved from God's wrath. Many people would say that tribulation is wrath, but it really isn't. Tribulation comes from us obeying sin and from the work of the devil. 
God's wrath is different than both of these. When God brings his wrath, there's real trouble. Hebrews 13, 11 and 12. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin, they are burnt outside of the camp. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his blood. Sanctify means to set apart. We use the word holy for this word also, but sanctify is simply setting apart. We have been empowered to choose to be obedient to God's commands. People who are not born of God cannot obey God. It's not their nature. uh, It's like a dog. A dog is a dog. You're not going to make a dog a monkey by what he does. And we as people who are not sanctified and, and redeemed by God have the nature of sin, a sin nature. And we will sin against God. The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In Isaiah, it says that none would turn to God and seek him. So all are going to sin against God before being redeemed. We have been set apart, sanctified. We are empowered to walk a holy life. Hebrews 9, 14. How much more then will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. So here we have our conscience cleaned. In the Old Testament, the sin was covered by the blood sacrifice of the animal. Now Jesus' blood sacrifice not only forgives us, covers our sins, but he has the power to clean our conscience. Hebrews 10:19 Therefore brothers and sisters since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Christ because we're forgiven our sins are forgotten we are justified just as if we had never sinned we are set apart for God for eternity we are freed from the power of sin and our conscience is clean we now have confidence through the blood sacrifice of Christ, to enter the presence of God, to worship, to speak of his worth, to thank him, to praise him, and to place our prayers before his throne. This is the confidence that we have through the blood of Jesus. Hebrews 12, 24, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. So we understand here that when God came to Cain after he had murdered his brother Abel, and so his blood was spilt on the earth, his blood was crying out, probably for vengeance. But the blood of Christ pleads a better word than the word that Abel's blood was speaking. The blood of Christ calls out for mercy, for forgiveness, justification, sanctification, purity from sin, on and on and on. So the blood of Christ is speaking a better word, interceding for us. So much more. But let me bring up one last point, John 6, 53 through 55. Jesus said to them, 
Very truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. God explains, Jesus is explaining here, to the believers that they have to eat his body and drink his blood. This was a real stumbling block. All the people, most of his disciples left, only a few remained. People missed the point, and Jesus began to explain to them that what I am saying to you, these words are full of spirit and full of life. So the last point that I bring to you is that as we receive Christ and we partake in the eating of his body and his blood through communion, the breaking of bread, the drinking of the grape juice, uh, we have eternal life. Now, I've said a ton here, and all of these points are very important because as we live life, and we struggle in our life, working out our salvation with fear and trembling. Uh, we trip up. We have to confess our sins and so that God can forgive us for our sins. We have to deal with people, hard to deal with people. We have to deal with hard situations, tribulation, you know, life. So these points are very important. We are forgiven. Our sins are forgotten. We are justified. We are sanctified, set apart for God for eternity. We are freed from the power of sin, and now we have a chance to decide to obey God. Before that, before being born again, we couldn't do that. We now have a clear conscience. We have confidence before God to come before His throne with our worship, praise, and thanksgiving and our requests. The blood of Christ is speaking on our behalf. If you ever come to a place where you cannot pray, know that the blood of Christ is pleading for you, for mercy and all these good things that we're talking about. And as we drink the blood and, of course, eat the body of Christ through communion, we have eternal life. Is this a better covenant than the old? Absolutely. Christ's blood, his crucifixion, has brought us so much. Then he rose from the dead and brought the power of the Holy Spirit into our lives to fulfill what he has done through his blood sacrifice. This has been the Clean Soul Podcast with Dennis Curtis. If you have questions or comments, visit me at thecleansoul.org. 